Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. I think it might be psychological that just right before the show starts, I start wildly coughing. I was not coughing before. All of a sudden, I hear the show open and I'm like... (laughs) Well, here I am for whatever it's worth. Uh... Oh, boy. So, I watched uh, much of the debate last night. I'm good for maybe an hour, hour and a little bit, and then I can't take it anymore. Um, I I found it uh, unsettling. (laughs) Uh, My takeaways are Bloomberg's finished, Biden's finished, Sanders is unstoppable that's what it looks like to me um he has this um and don't take offense this trump-like quality to not not to give um when everybody is jumping all over him he just keeps keeps going on he's uh absolutely sure of himself and uh there's no like ever any equivocation um there are things that he's not yet answering very well but that doesn't seem to bother him either his uh his gun record is awful and uh he has never come up with an adequate explanation other than he was pandering to uh the voters of his home state i don't know what else his Unless he really loves guns, I don't know. The other, the other thing is um, his inability to explain how he pays <laughs> for uh, his Medicare for All plan and uh, other social pro- programs. Uh, he he doesn't even seem particularly interested in figuring it out. So I don't know. Uh, my. My sense is this. If it feels like we're watching something we've seen before, we are. And I hate to say it, it was four years ago, almost to the day, when we were watching a whole bunch of Republicans. This is what happens when a party, uh, you know, uh, does not have the incumbency. So the Republicans four years ago were coming in after having been um, out of the White House for eight years, in which Barack Obama uh, was resident there. And there was no obvious heir apparent. And so there was this, you'll recall, the stage filled with possible uh, Republican nominees. And Donald Trump was on the stage. Nobody thought for a minute that he would get it. But like Trump, he just, I mean, like Sanders, he just kept saying his thing and attracting more and more people and attention. And while he never had a majority of Republicans behind him, uh, you know, he had maybe 19% at this point, or even 14%. But the others, <coughs> that huge panoply of would-be presidential candidates, were dividing up the rest. And that's exactly what's happening now to the party that is out of power, the Democratic Party, with no obvious heir apparent and all those people on the stage although it's been whittled down substantially um, and they're dividing up the anti-Sanders vote Um, Sanders at this point what does he have of the I I mean he is even at 30 percent I don't know that means there's you know 70 percent of Democrats uh, would prefer somebody else And yet the way this thing works, um, unless literally, I think, 
every single one of them but one or two drop out, that ain't going to happen. And the thing is, then you realize, looking at any of those uh, supremely uh, ego, uh, strong egos on the stage, none of them will. And so they'll repeat what happened four years ago to the Republicans, that the candidate with the most vociferous, um, unyielding kind of base that will stay with him for through hell and high water and won't necessarily be excited enough to vote for any of the others. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I watched last night and, and just felt sicker and sicker and sicker because I do not think personally, that uh, Bernie Sanders, I just don't want to continue the chaos. I, sorry guys, I, I don't like swinging this way, so that I'm seeing, uh, you know, f uh, neo-Nazis in the street, and then swinging back this way as the reaction. Uh, the reaction to this black president was to swing this way, right, and get a bunch of, you know, white nationalists and, and general racial hatred upticking. There is this reactive force in, the, uh, in American politics, I suppose in all politics. And instead of heading back to a place that, where the majority of people can feel like their legs can get under them again, we swing off into another unknown, which will create a different kind of chaos. And personally, I, at this point, sorry, I got one vote, I don't want it. I'm exhausted. I don't think ultimately it serves us well. We have a system of government that relies on... Um, on compromise and in you know and 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 slow slow moving forward it's a system not designed to swing things are um out of control and um it's just astonishing to watch the democrats do exactly what the republicans did 4 years ago it's it's just mind-blowing, and that's how I see it. It doesn't mean that's the correct perception of it. It's my perception. Um, I am loath to think that uh, what I'm seeing is, you know, none of us know anymore what's happening because we have reached this point in our history of an extraordinarily chaotic unstable moment and um, so I don't know all I know is that what I'm seeing I've seen before four years ago and it begot Donald Trump's presidency which has created this sense of incredible crisis in uh, a good half of the American population and people uh, panicking. I don't know. I'm of no use to any of you in terms of steering you where we should go. And by the time you or I have a say in it, it'll be over. I've, I don't know. So I, 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 I'm trying to think of any specific other things from the you know, Klobuchar needs to go. Buddha, I, I just don't know. Biden looked so old to me last night. And people were saying, what? He had a better debate than he's had in a while, and he looked really good. And I thought he looked like hell. He looked old. Bernie doesn't, 
Bernie looks like that grumpy old, I, you know, he, he has the worst posture of anybody. But his head sticking forward, his shoulders up here, and he's always like jabbing at you. It's not a pleasant uh, thing to be on the receiving end of that, just as even a casual person sitting on my couch at home. I, I don't look forward to four years of that either, frankly. I don't know. So you're looking at a, um, yeah, an unhappy American at the moment. But I'll tell you what, they got to stop savaging each other like they're doing because all of these things, there were moments where I would just see, oh man, Trump's lifting that right out. It's already being put into an ad and it's Democrats on Democrats. And it is what happened um, you know, in our effort to beat Trump with Hillary. We used all the things that were being said of Trump by other Republicans who now are busily kissing his ass and, uh, and uh, trying to stay on his uh, good side because he terrifies them. He terrifies everybody for one reason or the other. Speaking of uh, terror, you never like the head of um, the, you know, the national organization that uh, guards against uh, respiratory uh, disease uh, to say something like, this could be bad. <laughs> it's not conducive to, uh, you know, putting a, a bounce in your step afterwards. This could be bad, said Nancy Messonnier, Messonnier, how does that, who knows how she pronounces it. Anyway, she's the director of the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Disease. Um, and uh, <clears throat> she said that all cities should now be planning for what's called social distancing measures. It's been nice knowing you all, but we're all going to head into our, uh, our bunkers uh, in the near future. Um, she says cities and public schools should be thinking about dividing classes into smaller groups of students or closing down schools altogether and having a backup plan of online learning. Uh, meetings, conferences, business as usual probably will need to be canceled. Uh, all businesses who, who have the ability to have their, their employees work at home should be making plans now and to have that happen. Um, all of that. And to that, of course, the president of the country says this. The coronavirus, yeah, it's very well under control in our country. <laughs> I give up. I, you know, fine, fine. <clears throat> whatever, whatever you say, Donald. Uh, so there's all that. We can't catch a break. Oh, I've got a nice story to share. Let me, before we get into any more, uh, you know, horror. I, this story, you know, you'd grab onto stuff that's like, you know, makes you feel like, right, I remember. People are good. <laughs> People are, can be so wonderful and so nice. And this is what I remember. Uh, this comes out of Washington State. And uh, it involves an 88-year-old uh, pretty spry guy who uh, was out mowing his lawn, and um, he he fell, and uh, he he broke his hip. He could not move, and he was in a part of his lawn where it wasn't obvious that to anyone walking by that there was some guy in need of help lying there. So. It was a bad situation, and he lay there for four hours in in pain, calling out um, every once in a while. So three middle school boys uh, are walking by his house, and they hear, thank God for those young ears, they hear him calling for help. 
and they ran to look at what it was and they found him and then those boys flagged down a car they did not have cell phones of their own and they said you have to call 911 there's an old man lying there and an ambulance was called the ambulance crew came they uh they uh, they took him away um at where he then of course was was hop- hospitalized and and then the EMTs were called off to um other calls and when there was a lull one of the EMTs said to the other EMTs hey guys you know that old guy he he had a lot more of that lawn to do how's about we go back and finish it up for him i mean we got unless we get another call how about we go back and do that and they did and they went back to his house they called first they called their supervisor and said this is what we want to do is that okay and he said yeah go for it i mean if you need so they went and it took them an hour three guys they cleaned it all up looked really good um the guy who had the hip uh um broken hip his grandson said that you know his grandfather that the lawn was his pride and joy and he really tended it since his wife died 5 years ago um but you know something like that and then it it turns out um one of the EMTs when he was questioned he said yeah well we've done things like that before you know we we look at it like a family community i mean i've seen people with broken porches and replaced a couple of boards i if we see someone in need we can go help and maybe buy him some groceries and then the department will refund us our money that is what my our picture is of who we are what we want to be and there and you know what i don't know are these emts trump voters is the guy in the kid, the kids live in house are all these wonderful people in this story what party do they belong to that's where we are now um Interestingly the the three little kids they never told their parents because they were not supposed to be where they were so they never told their parents hey uh we uh, helped uh, save a guy today they 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 did not because they had been told to go straight to the uh boys and girls club after school and um instead they were going over to one of one of their ho- the other the third one's house and um so they were a little nervous here's one of the kids me and colby i mean we were supposed to be going to the boys and girls clubs but but we thought we would be a little sneaky and uh and walk adam home first and um this kid said when he heard this guy screaming help me he said at first i hesitated but then i decided i'm not going to run away I'm going to help this old guy. And um and then they did what they were supposed to do, but they didn't go home and tell their parents. <laughs> their parents know now. Um so anyway, that that story warmed my heart. My poor aching heart. Um uh, and we know that this that america is still out there but it's not it gets no attention we're we're set against each other uh by virtue of our media and our po- and the way we see the world i guess i don't know Hey, I got to tell you, you know, yesterday I told you the New York Times had this big two-page spread about a photography exhibit over here at the August Wilson Center and I thought, you know, you get proud. All right. Yeah. And then today in the Wall Street Journal there's this big review 
of a Pittsburgh Opera production, which is not their main production. They do it in a like warehousey area of the strip district, seats no more than 200 people. And um they talk about this uh this in the in the Wall Street Journal. It sounds fascinating because it's about a um It's an opera that explores uh, the anger of the white working class. And to do it in this elitist form of culture, opera. So it's, it's about, um, it's weird. I mean the 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 lyrics. I mean, it's in English, so the the lyrics say things like uh, it's set in a small, you know, just totally down and out town in Ohio, and it the lyrics say things like it's now only home to taverns and dollar stores, raccoons and scenic meth labs. Um, the lead guy is a conspiracy theorist who's trying to get some FBI agent to kill him. Uh, suicide by cop. I don't know. Weird. Did you know about that? Whatever. It's still showing if you want to see it. They say it's just 90 minutes long. Um, here's something that I've been wanting to... Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to save this till tomorrow. I think. I'm going to save this till tomorrow because we've got uh, Ryan Dito coming in in a little bit. I want to note that while our president was, uh, you know, making nice to uh, Modi in uh, in India, there were people being killed, um, you know, in the same in the city in Delhi. Uh, there were, uh, and it's. It's a result of Modi's uh, xenophobic um, and and bigoted politics, his nationalism, and it's uh, it's Hindus, the majority religion in India, which is supposedly a secular state. Uh, it's Hindus uh, armed with uh, you know metal rods and clubs, beating the hell and killing Hindus. I mean, Muslims, Muslims, who comprise, I guess, about, I don't know what, 18%? Is that what it is? Or not even 18% of the population. You know, my sense of Hindus, they won't even touch a cow. You know, a cow, you can't eat beef because you wouldn't want to hurt a cow. I think of Hinduism as like this because I think of, of Gandhi. So I think of some very gentle... And then to see, no, it's like any other religion. It's like any other religion. It can be turned so that good Hindus feel that killing Muslims is a good idea. I just wanted to point out that, of course, our president, uh, uh, you know, is making nice while this is happening a few blocks away. I, not a few blocks. It's in a Delhi's a rather large city. It's like thirty minute ride away through extremely crowded streets. Uh, Mike sent me an interesting article. I just want to um, share it with you because it's. It's about the fact that young people don't go out much. They stay in their houses. Uh, they're not helping the economy. They don't eat out. They don't do stuff. They just hang out, play video games. Who the hell knows what they're doing? Anyway. Um, and the article is about how so many millennials live alone. And... According to the article, the phrase they use is they decorate their homes with solitude. They don't entertain. They don't host guests. Um, 
But the article says, hey, listen, it's not because millennials are all of a sudden people who are totally narcissistic and don't want to enjoy other people's company. No, it's because they're broke. <laughs> They've got no money. And they're exhausted because they work their tails off and still don't have a money, any money. I mean, I can see this with my own son who is a millennial. And here is, here is one woman, millennial, uh, quoted in the article. I work at a job that requires all-day chatter and coming home to my solitude is necessary. She works in a place that's an open office plan, like right behind me here, and that means there's never any quiet and there's never any privacy. And so one can see where you would want to go home and be in your own space. And um, others go home and work on a side job that they have. The article says, look, we're not just turning away from entertaining because we love watching The Bachelor alone. We're doing it because we're, we're fried from work and all our close friends live in other cities anyway. We're not, e we're not eating off the same coffee table we freelance from because we're disrupting the furniture industry. We're doing it because we can't afford a dining room table. And in fact, we don't even have room. We don't have a dining room in the place we call home. We're not just staying at our, at our place because we prefer to socialize uh, with group chats and Instagram. We're staying in because the average person spends $81 on a night out and we don't have it. Um, you know, you think about that, and these millennials want Bernie Sanders because his very easily digestible message speaks to the reality of their lives. They're working their tails off and getting nowhere. And yet they hear, the economy is great! Yeah. So there's the reality. And I, I totally understand uh, their affinity for him and also because they don't have the, um, the broader view that older people have of how politics can work and the dangers of doing this or doing that, you know, they're young. And they don't mind the chaos. They see it as uh, a revolution. And that's exciting. Change. Um, I, I see uh, something really scary. But that's from an old person. Okay. <laughs> saw somewhere on Twitter somebody said I just found out that SJW means social justice warrior and that's funny because I thought it meant single Jewish woman <laughs> well I knew it did mean single Jewish woman in, in ads but it means social justice warrior now. There's a lot of these uh, things that, like ADA, what does that mean to you? ADA, what do you think? ADA, what uh, are those? American, Disabil American with Disabilities Act. Americans with Disabilities Act. Yeah. How about American Dental Association? 
Oh, yeah, that's true. That's right. Uh, How about, wait a minute. Acronyms. Stupid. Yeah, wait, I can come up with another ADA one. Wasn't there something called Americans for Democratic Action or something? There was something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> wait, were you talking about uh, social justice warriors before? No. SJWs? I, SJWs, right. Because <laughs> I used to think SJW, at least in my world, yeah. uh, way back in the day, SJW was what you would do on a dating site uh, to identify yourself as a single Jewish woman. <laughs> That's amazing. I actually let's let's just like let's set that in stone. I want that to be set in stone because honestly, um, you know, social justice warrior is a is a term made up by the right to insult people who uh, advocate for intersectionality. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, it's um, it's kind of like. Uh, uh, it's kind of like what's happened with like Obamacare and they, you know these other things. It's like where the right made up the term, and then eventually we all just adapt. They're very it. well. They're very good at. It. Yeah, sanctuary cities is another <coughs> thing too. They're right? very good at it. Yeah, yeah. And so I much rather would would look at that and go, "Ooh, single Jewish woman, yes, please." <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff. Great stuff. So I think I want to talk to you. Okay. Oh, first of all. This came in uh, af- last week, and oh. because of this stupid thing, I couldn't remember your... What's your... Oh, never mind. Doesn't I couldn't matter. forward it to you. Okay. This is an apology from Roger, oh. who wrote in while you were on, okay. and, and, and then the next day felt he had to apologize oh. to you. Okay. So... That's nice. You might take the apology and still end up getting angry, but let's... <laughs> okay. Let me, I get let angry me, at a lot of things. Can so I read it? Please, run, run, please. Right. Lynn, please share this with last Wednesday's guest, Ryan Dito. That's me. I apologize for the tone of my email last week, which, and then he tells, reminds us what Oh, yes, is. I remember this one. Tell your young buck guest that old fucks will determine the future because they vote. Young people who do care are generally in blue states, not in middle America. Okay, that right, was... Yeah. <coughs> so he felt bad. It's a little brash. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah. So he then said... I get his point, though. It's understandable that Ryan's comeback was that his generation is hated. But his generation is not alone. Baby boomers like me went through the same thing. That's true. Uh, from the greatest and silent generations, sure. many millennials will be dismissive of subsequent generations, too. Right. It's natural law. No. While I am hopeful that younger people will save us from the mess created by all the previous generations, even the greatest one, um, <clears throat> who brought us the atomic bomb, overpopulation, pollution, segregation. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. come on. <clears throat> yeah. He then says, but don't underestimate how the socialist label will impact Bernie's electability, especially with white boomers in swing states. <laughs> While we need young people's vote to help save our democracy, boomers will play the biggest part in determining the outcome. It has been drummed into boomers' heads thanks to the Cold War and Russia, the Soviet mm-hmm, Union, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the likes of Reagan, yeah. that socialism is equivalent to communism, which is evil. Reality be damned. I want health care for all and to end student debt and save what's left of our environment, but that doesn't resonate with those who need to get President um, Capone out. Hmm. I apologize for making you feel hated. We are more alike than different. Hell, I want traffic to go away as I ride my bike all over Pittsburgh, too. <laughs> While I hold these ideals, I must be pragmatic. I don't think Bernie can pull this surprise upset like Trump did in 2016. We can't afford another four years of Voldemort. <gasps> he whom. <laughs> He who must not be named. Yes. And then he says, P.S. While 33 years is not a kid, in 25 years you'll realize how young sure. you were. Yeah. That's well, I, a, hey, I appreciate it. That's a very that thorough, a nice that's a very nice letter. It's a very nice letter. Um, <coughs> thank you, uh, Roger. I appreciate that. Um, one thing that I will say that, um, and this is like a, a broader thing, is that this is what I hear all the time, is that, um, especially from the older generation, is um, this idea that like, well, we were taught that socialism is evil, and so 
we don't think that other people will um, get that 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 like it's more complex or that these things aren't necessarily communism or these other dictatorships or these other things like that. But what I don't get is why do we then and this is also young people too go around and just tell everybody that we're just reinforcing the negative stereotype that was given to us by the GOP. Why do that? Well, why it wasn't not just, just the say, GOP. Right. It was America. Sure. I mean, it was Chris Matthews. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> but like, so 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 this is what I don't get is that we are. It's very it's very pessimistic and it's very backwards thinking to be. Well, other people think this way, so we can't do anything about it. Bullshit. Yes, we can. Yes, but if you want, so I, I don't understand what. You, so if we what want I'm to change their minds, you do have to say, hey, we have to bring it up. We have to bring it up, and we yeah, have to say, well, well, other swing voters might not like this. Well, why not go talk to them? Or anybody who you think won't do it or says to you, oh, I'm afraid of socialism, sit or, down and or explain, explain it that, to that, them. Like, you know, the Medicare that you like? That's socialism. The state government. The state government of Pennsylvania recently, and it still, it still hasn't <laughs> been vetoed yet, passed a bill... <laughs> passed a bill that would give billions of dollars to the oil and gas companies to create cracker plants in Pennsylvania. Every time they create a cracker plant, it would give them billions of our tax subsidies, basically, and incentives. State government passed that through the Republican-controlled legislator, and many Democrats also passed that bill. That is, under this definition, socialism, and yet nobody's throwing their arms up. But when Bernie says, I want to I want to give people free college, they go, oh, the socialist label. So this is the kind of no, thing it's that socialism like, when it benefits the p regular people, everybody, universality, it's, right? It's Everyone. Capitalism and when good it government. When it benefits a Dutch oil <laughs> giant, shell, you know, right? who doesn't need one of the richest companies in the world. Yeah. And so it's like, why all these huge companies don't pay taxes. I mean, right. the, our government works to their advantage right. at our dis to our disadvantage and so I will say that we're wanting to turn that around. Totally. I think the the capitalists will do okay. We're going to be fine. A, <laughs> don't lose sleep about the They do pretty well not, in Europe. Yeah, maybe not getting a tax kind of abatement. <laughs> right. I think they'll still, and you think they won't then build anything? Right. Bullshit. Bullshit. Right. right. And so I, 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 I want to acknowledge and agree with Roger's point and um, other maybe more moderate um, you know, voters in Pittsburgh's point that it is a scary word and, and there is fear that it can persuade voters. But I would say if you truly hate Voldemort, Capone, Trump, go around and talk to everybody who has that fear and try to explain them that honestly Bernie is not or Warren is not proposing like Fidel Castro's regime or is not proposing um, Stalin <laughs> or, or um, you know, Mao's, uh, you know, kind of government. Like, just be honest about yeah, it. Yeah, well, you know? I, but I do think some people are at a loss and they don't know how to make that argument. We'll hope, right. we'll hope Bernie makes it better. I agree. And uh, some of the other uh, surrogates would make it better. But I would say we're only hurting ourselves as liberals and as Democrats to just go around and be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a problem. No. Why, why do we want to reinforce an attack that it has been mostly from the Republicans but also from maybe some older moderate Democrats? Why do we want to reinforce that attack? And, and so let's not do that. That's, just, that, that's like my okay. suggestion. But okay. anyway, that's I really good. appreciate that apology, Roger. Thank you. I, I, I really do. That's great. I do. Nice? It's really nice. I couldn't figure out how to forward it to you. Oh, that's okay. Because this won't <laughs> store your your email. Oh, you know what won't. I mean? I start put. If I were to do, yeah, you know, like R Dito or yeah. Dito, wouldn't it? Shouldn't it come up? It doesn't. No, that's weird. So it's I don't have. I don't even have like you know Amy's, and I forget <laughs> hers because it, it's ridiculous. That's weird. Yeah. I'd, oh it, yeah, because you're still on this one. You don't have it on Outlook or anything. Oh, because you're on uh, um, uh, Apple. Anyway, apparently a lot of wrong choices have been made <laughs> by me. I I don't know. So okay, great. Um, where did I see you had a long sit down with Demare? Yeah, it's on our cover. Uh, can I show it real yeah, quick? Yeah, here. 
Um, there's uh, our mayor, Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto. He's uh, my story, my long oh, interview with him. It looks like you think he's in a, a strange, uh, on the fence kind of position. And he is. He really yeah, is. Yeah, he really uh, is. In terms oh, of. Oh, did he make you feel sorry for him? Uh, he actually was very. He was yeah. very thorough. He was very yeah. thing, and um, it was really nice to, uh, you know, talk with him about 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 really what we're talking about here, like these like big big sweeping changes versus maybe more moderate changes, and specifically to the Pittsburgh region and its ties to the fracking industry. Um, so, yeah, he has. Um, he is in the middle, right? Because we have a rift growing. There's the Fitzgerald side uh, um, in our region that is pro-fracking. That's our county executive. Right. Who... And I should say this is only between the Democrats. The Republicans are totally on the other side. They are so pro-fracking that they were like no tax, no regulation, no anything. So, but, but at the same but time... But a lot of Democrats are also pro-fracking because right. um, of what they see as the potential for... Yeah, job creation. Jobs, economic yeah. things, the job, job things okay. are a little suspect. Now, but. you know, and Peduto right. tends to side with environmentalists, right. but he's also a, a pragmatic politician who right. knows the political landscape. Right. Yes, he definitely knows the political he landscape. He He's it. been here for a long time. He understands, and he really, it really shocked a lot of people when he came out and sided more with the environmentalists or more with the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. Which would say, seem to be a very uh, not smart move if you're an elected official where all this stuff is going on. Well, because especially because you have the power that the trade unions have that's in, right. in, in our and state. That's right. Politically, that was a very gutsy move. Well, especially him. if he ever had any bigger ambitions uh, for the for mm -hmm. you know for the region. I think he's pretty safe in the city. But um, uh, yes, it, it, I mean it definitely it, it it riled it riled a lot of um, you know democratically aligned groups. Uh, Fitzgerald came out and <laughs> was pissed, and um, the uh, labor union council was mad, which is uh, made up of a lot of unions, but a lot of trades union that, that have a lot of workers in the fracking and the petrochemical and construction industry. And uh, and so he's been he's it, it's been unclear where he kind of goes from here. Does he join the Warren Sanders AOC Sarah Namorado you know Summer Lee side of the Green New Deal, or does he um, hark back and go and go with the Fitzgerald and he uh, know Biden Connor Lamb side? And he's you know? a, he, what is he's paralyzed. Right? He is, really. <laughs> Poor guy. That's why he's on a donkey that can't go anywhere. <laughs> he's um, paralyzed. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, I thought he brought up some really good points, um, actually, uh, in, in, in why he ha hasn't made that decision <laughs> and, and talking about how do we bring um, the environmentalists who have a lot of really good points about the dangers of fracking, about the climate change aspects, about um, the uh, job job suspect numbers, they have a lot of good points, together with the union groups that support those jobs and that economic growth model tied to their unions. Um, how do we bring those two together for a shared common goal? And that's what he wants to do. And that's why he hasn't endorsed the Green New Deal, because it didn't involve, and it hasn't yet involved, um, the trades unions, the AFL-CIO, and these other really big fossil fuel trades mm. union related this is what workers. Happens it does have union support, but this not is from them. what happens when you're a Democrat. The big tent party. Yes. So in our big tent, we have and strong environmentalists. Right. We have trade unions, right. although technically most of their people Vote for have Trump. left the tent. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is, but this is what, I'm sorry, keep okay, going. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. This, is, this is what one of the biggest issues is, I think, and what we really need to talk about. Is in maybe terms we of, don't uh, kowtow don't to the know. trade we, unions anymore? But we anymore? need to talk about it. We need to talk about how to do it because, let's be perfectly honest, the trade union members, especially the membership, not necessarily the leadership, right? The members of the steel workers, people who work in steel, the people who work in construction, the people who work in uh, building fracking Overwhelmingly rigs, Trump. They backed Trump. They backed Trump. They did not back Clinton, who is a pro-fracking candidate. She was pro-fracking. That's what wouldn't. everybody forgets. And so... If well, they don't back Democrats. That's right. And yeah, so, okay. how, so how, how do we Democrats bring them into our tent? <coughs> 
Well, if they're they, not they used willing to, be to there. bring us. They used to be there, yes. and we're fearful of turning on what's left of them. Right. Also because they were always like uh, part and parcel of the Democratic Party machinery of vote knockers and get, I mean, especially uh, the door Pittsburgh, knockers. Right, and, especially in Well, Pittsburgh. in any right. industrial yes. area. I mean, I, yeah. They, yes. Yes. But, but, but what's even crazier is that as a lot of my other reporting from last week showed is that even of those door knockers, Democrats, blah, 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 they're Trump supporters. Okay, I wanted to ask you, know? you more about that. <laughs> so we too. have to really talk about the Democratic Party in our region. I wanted to, to ask you more yes, have there, because that was so unbelievable. Right. Um, where the county Democratic uh, committee mm-hmm. endorsed a Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even finish your sentence. <laughs> I mean, a Trump supporter, a bigot, uh, but just the oh, worst. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this woman values is a, just totally just antithetical. Totally antithetical to right. everything any Democrat would would. Honestly, and they, even a little antithetical oh, to like moderate Republicans. Well, I, mean, like. they, I mean, they overwhelmingly supported her, yep. and then they held it when there was a you know big blow up. They hold a press conference, oh, so good, and the head <laughs> of the uh, chair of the Democratic Committee in Allegheny County, the chair, yes, which is the, like the head, the head, the head of it, doubled down. <laughs> no, yeah, she was these look- Trump voters are wonderful people, and of course Democrats should support them. <laughs> wait, 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 what did she say? Well, okay, I mean, so, it was just so, unbelievable. so. She supported she supported the endorsement process because how the endorsement process in Allegheny County Democratic Committee works is that um, committee members who are elected or appointed into this committee, those who live in each district cast the votes for the endorsement. So she she defended that as a democratic process. Okay, as a process, right. as a democratic process. Right. But when I when I asked her about. Um, other committee members that have publicly on their Facebook pages and other 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 aspects social show, media posts right they, they, exactly show support for Donald Trump saying go Trump Trump train 2020 aka I'm gonna vote for Trump in 2020 wearing a MAGA hat wearing MAGA hats I wearing mean, Trump hats yeah like all these things she goes oh no 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 that's not no they're not really Trump supporters that's just a joke Give me a fucking break. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. Obviously, why would you put that as a joke? And And if if you did, you you would would make it clear it's a joke. It's a joke that you would say it's a joke. (laughs) Okay, that's a joke. Right. And so, um, yeah, so she totally downplayed that. I've discovered, well, I've been sent a lot more because there's a lot more committee members that are like, oh, there's more, by the way. Um, even more Trump supporters within the Democratic committee. I think I've, I think I've revealed like five or six okay. now. These and then there's still thousands of people who are on this committee. So it's still a very small minority, but still. But still, we know, first of all, that Democrats, in terms of registration, how do people identify at the polls? Democrats overwhelmingly here in Western yes. PA and PA as a whole. They're still, I think, they're still over a million. But the reality it. is, right. they're just too lazy or stupid to change their identification. Or they, they want to maintain it so that a lot of a lot of places, even like South Fayette or 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 where Nessin, they can vote in primaries, where in terms of right. you know municipal races, everyone yeah. still runs you have as Democrats. To be a Democrat. So you have to vote in the Democratic. But primary. these are not Democrats. And no. and, and, and here here in um, this area, it's just astonishing. Some of these people the, live within the city. This is the crazier thing. Well, what? Sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that you know, it's. I think. I, th- I think as as liberals. And well, what should the party do? Purge them? Well, they're supposed to. That's actually the rules. That's what actually is, the what rules. What does the rule say? You are you... not allowed to show public support for an opposing party. It's against the rules. This happened when I when I wrote about. So. Do you remember I'll... about the middleman thing? So there were a lot of committee members, Democratic committee members, who after Zapala won the nomination. Um, the Democratic nomination in the primary, and then he got a he got a general election challenger from Lisa Middleman, who was an, who, who who you know who was a Democrat, but then you know filed as an independent, is really progressive. Saw her yesterday actually, and um, she, so a lot of people in the Democratic Party were like, we think this should be our you know DA, 
because she has more of the values that align with Democratic right, Party right. than Zapala did, who was running as a conservative, honestly. And so yes. when when that happened, the Democratic chair sent an email out, actually, to every Democratic committee member reminding them that they are not allowed to publicly support an independent or Republican in the thing. And yet, and, and yet, yet, they turn around and... And go, oh, no, it's just a joke that they're, you know, wearing a Trump hat or anything like that. This is the leadership of this party. This is this region. Let's just be perfectly honest that we we allow conservatives within our ranks more than we allow progressives. That's just just how it is. So to take to get these people out will take other people's being willing to stand up, go in. It's a complaint process, basically. Like you, yeah, but you, you got to take over. You got to become. You got to have people willing to become these commission, these these council people. Right. And how many people really want to? I. But do here's the that. thing. Here's the thing is that I've heard from people, especially after Trump won, and especially in 2018 when like there was this big push to get Democrats elected, like Connor Lamb. Um, I heard from a lot of grassroots people who had never been involved in politics and they wanted to join the committee but they were but but they were kind of spurred and they actually didn't they ended up not joining because oh I wonder why because maybe because there's Trump supporters in the committee maybe because it's a very insular it's a very xenophobic group that is like well if you're not part of our club we don't really want you So here. it's really hard to if enough people gather mm-hmm. and go in right and make a pact right we're we're taking this thing over. And we're just going right. You got it, but that's right. the kind of that's the kind of. And it's not till 2020 that people even allowed to do that. Undramatic, uh, you know, sort of dull. Power building, but that's what that has to Democrats happen. don't do. Right. That Republicans do because they're united, but we're divided because we have a big tent, and I think a big tent is good, <clears> but we have to. If, in my personal opinion, especially in this region. You have to purge some of the people out. They have to be out. You I cannot. Think they do too. You cannot account for Trump supporters. You cannot account for very conservative people in your party. There's a difference between Connor Lamb and someone who's wearing a Trump hat. Let's be perfectly oh, honest. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Connor Lamb is a Democrat. He's a Democrat. And he supports <laughs> the fracking industry, but that doesn't. That's mean okay. That, that That's okay. Mean, you know, he's a Democrat. I, yeah, he's still a Democrat. I will. I, if I, if he ever wanted to have an interview with me, I'd love to have one about his support for the fracking industry. But, but at the same time, that's one issue. But everything else, he's pretty aligned on, right? Gay rights, um, you know, uh, no money in politics, you know, you know, all these other things. And so, this is like, where is the spectrum? How big is this tent? How, how, how can? Well, how it's can, too big. It it's, it's increasingly too big to. To be a party. To function, right? Yeah. It's going to fall apart. Yeah. The Democrats, the Republicans are shrinking themselves into this, like, crazed right. cult. Right, which is bad. And which they is bad. Be and that, that party is essentially not, it doesn't exist anymore. It's the Trump party. It's the Trump party. Trump party. For sure. And the Democratic Party is in grave danger of disappearing by have trying to take in so, so many disparate Right, forces. Uh, voices right. and yes. forces. Yeah. Um, they got to look to the future, though, in my opinion, right? You got to look to the future. And this is where me, young buck, 33-year-old, <laughs> and younger, uh, those Gen Zers, I'm a huge fan. Um, like, we have to look to where that is. And I do believe that there is a path, but right now it is it is uncomfortable to watch. You okay. Know? Well, speaking to that, Beth yeah. uh, writes about the debate. Did you watch? I, the debate? I watched a little bit of the debate. Okay, it was one a of, fucking one, disaster. Thank you. I thought, <laughs> I thought so too. Everybody yeah, thought right. so. Yeah. It's I had to turn not, it off. I had to turn it off because no, I was it's like, upsetting. yeah, it was. I'm it like, was I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go cook dinner now because it's just yeah, too much. It was really upsetting. Yeah. However, um, oh, one other big story that you were always dismissive of. Mm-hmm. The coronavirus. Oh, it's are, coming. I you know it is. No, you got it. Are you? Are, did you see this? Where they're actually saying they're they're saying that Peduto right now, and uh, every other. Does mayor, he have it? I just interviewed with him. No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's got to start making plans about right. uh, how. Pe- right. Are people gonna? Are they gonna close I agree. The schools? We should are definitely. Gonna, we should definitely start. Thing. We should. We should definitely start making plans. Plans are good. I agree. 
um, my right, girlfriend I has just... kind of settled me down because even I was like for a second like, oh no, what's going to happen? But she's like, it's probably just going to be like the flu now. You know, it's just well, going to be a thing. Well, it depends on who you are. I know. I'll right. tell you, you're okay. Yeah. I anyone Sorry. over sixty five, you're screwed. <laughs> and if you have asthma, ask me too. Uh-oh. So when this thing, if this thing comes to town, no, 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 I'm no. holding up in my house. Okay. Don't you think that's a good hey, idea? Hey, you can vote by mail now. I'll bring you a ballot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Beth writes about the, yeah, upsetting uh, debate oh, last night. Oh, the debate, night. yes, yes. I mean, we might be upset for different reasons. I yeah. don't know, but mm-hmm. it was savage. Well, I'm a journalist, uh, and I'm upset when journalists do bad jobs. Well, so. the journalists were, that, it was a free-for-all. Right, it, right. Was, it was just ridiculous. Okay, Beth's, this is Beth, and watching the early debates, I felt good that we had so many good and qualified candidates. In watching last night's debate, I felt concern. Exactly. Okay. There was too much attacking each other. All I could think is these clips will be used, that's what I just said, for right. Trump ads down the road. Yeah. It continues to show the ineptitude of this DNC chair, Tom Perez. Totally, God, 100%. What a disaster. It's a disaster. By not reining in these candidates and getting them focused on message, no matter what, go after Trump. Stop going after each other. But, I 100% agree with but, that yeah, on all of this. But they, look, you've got those candidates want the nomination. So they have they to go have, after each other a little bit. So that right now, because Bernie's looking like he's a, you know, something they can't stop. Right. They had to attack right. last night. And they On did. the other hand, it's quite clear, and I said this earlier in the show, that most of those people on that stage have got to get together, figure out, if you think Bernie is the guy then one of us should take him on. Oh, yeah. They need to it's all drop... Bloomberg. It's all Bloomberg's fault, really. Yeah. From, like, well, joining the race. To, yeah, screw him. Right. He needs to <laughs> go gotta away. Go. He's got to go. He's got to go. I and loved how Elizabeth Warren brought up the um, $12 million he gave to Pat Toomey to help yeah, him get yeah, reelected yeah, yeah, in yeah. 2016. That was great. Okay. He needs to go. Both billionaires on both sides. Oh, yeah. Steyer. Yeah, Steyer's got to go. That... But then we have a problem with Buttigieg and Klobuchar and Biden. Right. One of them has to go, or two of them have to go, and frankly, Elizabeth Warren needs to go. Let's see. So basically, one on one. I mean, a lot of this is going to change. A lot of this is going to change on Super Tuesday, though, right? Because there's going to be a more clear. But I mean, it might be too late by then because Bernie might win enough to basically have him cinch up the nomination. Or at least, you know, pretty much. This is how Trump. This is how Trump won. Right. And that's that's worrisome, frankly. But that's because it means whatever. No, no. But um, it's also indicative of the problems of the DNC and really Democratic Party in general is that they didn't see this movement that Bernie was building. You know, yeah. he was building this movement among young people, among Latinos. I mean, he crushed with Latinos. You know, like we'll see how he does with black voters in South Carolina. Like. Like he was building this movement focused on movement building for his for his message. And all the while, a lot of, you know, moderate Democrats who probably are more of the majority within the Democratic Party in America right now, they were all just squabbling amongst themselves, not thinking about how to build their movement. You know? Yeah. So he's built you, a, have to, you have to give no, credit no, no, to Bernie. I, it's no, smart. I, ag- I agree. You do. Um, Trump did the same thing. He was he was focused. Honestly, Trump was focused on building a movement as well. He did it. He did it through cable news. He did it through um, rallies. He did it through um, things that he knows how to understand. He knows how to manipulate the media really well. He did it by putting on a show. And and but but I mean, he even did it years before. Well, he did it when he went on Fox News and talked about the Obama um, bullcrap, you know, birther, um, you know, thing. He built a movement, you know, and. That's that. That's clearly how you win presidential candidacies now. Is that you build a movement, you know? Okay. Well, I've got lots of other reasons why I think he's a he. He's. He, I know he's building. Yeah. On the other hand, some of what he did this weekend, uh, seriously could turn off a major constituency in that Democratic tent, mm-hmm. actually, and cost us Florida. And that we already is, lost Florida. No. Yeah, we lost it last time. It's always close as can be. Florida I'm, I'm more is skeptical a, about Florida because of what happened in 2018 when both the Democratic governor and the Democrat, I mean, sorry, both the Democratic governor and Democratic senator and incumbent lost. I think Florida is just like a bunch of old people and they love Trump, you know? 
No, it's a lot more complicated, Florida. <laughs> we'll Whatever. We'll okay. See. All right. All right. Now we're out of time, too. Okay. So pick up city paper and yeah. read this uh, poor, you know, it's like sort of Mayor Bill Peduto of Pittsburgh is Hamlet. You know. Oh, Hamlet. That would have been pretty good, too. Actually. Yeah, done, yeah. You know, <laughs> I just sort of like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he's. To green or not to green? Yeah, he's got a little. He's got a little conundrum. Thank you, Ryan Dito. Thank you. And um, I'll see you. Uh, I'll. I, hey, I'm not here next week. Okay. 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 Not next week. I won't be here. I mean, yeah. Maybe I'll just come on anyway. Just bullshit. You know. Well, you know, I ain't here. I feel free. I don't care. And uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Okay. <laughs>